welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Thriving Advisors podcast. I am Ike Ikoku. With me today is Raj Subramaya, and he is the founder and CEO of Chai Latte Consulting. That name is very unique. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the origin of that name? Oh, definitely. So uh, I'm brown South Indian uh, immigrant to the United States, and then my wife is uh caucasian german irish and uh, her name is Wies. her last name was wiesmeyer okay. and my last name was Subramayer, which is like the john smith of south india it's really common <laughs> and then when we got married we decided that we want to create our own legacy yeah. so we combined our last names to Subramayer, right subramanian wiesmeyer and then when we formed our company we also wanted to represent us in terms of diversity and inclusion. So we named it Chai and Latte, Brown and White Chai Latte Consulting. So that's the story behind my last name and the company name. That is so like, um, so prophetic for the times that we're in and a lot of the issues that we're dealing with. How long have you guys been married, by the way? Since 2015. But I've known her for 11 years now. So. So yeah. I mean, diversity, inclusion, a lot of things that we're dealing post the pandemic. Oh, I mean, yeah. You guys were like ahead of the curve in terms of even kind of thinking, you know, <laughs> how to maintain the peace, so to speak, right? Okay. And a cool byproduct of the last name is there's only three Subramayers in the whole world right now. Hmm. My wife and I and my oh. son. So, you, know, so, <laughs> you got you, me on that one because I was yeah, thinking be two easy, other families outside of you guys. I know you'll be easily indexed with Google and yeah. you know, <laughs> there's only one unique name. So it's e- really easy to find us, you know. Talk about some serious SEO work. I know, part, SEO, right? man. It's probably <laughs> SEO. It's fantastic. So Chai Latte Consulting. Tell us what your company does at high level. So what we do is we help 
tech folks land their dream job and become successful leaders in the industry. So we do tech career coaching where we pretty much help people get unstuck in their careers and when they're in the crossroads of what they want to do in their careers, what they want to do in their lives mm-hmm. and do leadership coaching. So that's the main part of our business. And also we do a lot of uh, writing for different magazines and of course, a lot of speaking as well for company, private events and conferences as well. But the main deal is tech career coaching. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. Awesome. Let's talk about one of the biggest problems you solve for your clients. You talked about them being unstuck. How does that show up in their lives? It shows up in various ways, actually. And uh, usually how it starts off is uh, they're uber successful mm-hmm. in their careers. And then they've got all the fame, money, and credibility. But then at some point in your life, you come to a point saying, okay, I got all this, but I still feel that I'm not making an impact. I'm not making a difference. A lot of people are on that same journey. And there are two choices they make. Either they recognize it and then still continue doing whatever they're doing and they're unfulfilled for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Or the second option, they recognize it and then try to figure out, okay, what to do about it. So usually the people I work with are who fall under, under the second category. They are pretty successful people, mid to senior level folks who really want to make an impact through their work. Mm-hmm. And um, they want to grow in their career. They want to become better leaders. They want to switch uh, different job types within the tech space. So those are indicators for them to, you know, figure out, okay, what do I do now? Whom do I need to contact? And then they contact me either via LinkedIn, they look at my videos or at conferences or to workshops, yeah. they contact me. And then at first we have a 30 minute call to figure out whether I'm the best person to help them out mm-hmm. and how I could best support them. And then from there on, yeah, I take them through a whole journey of, uh, action plan, different strategies, figure out where we want to focus on. And then we do it for a three, six month or a one year period. Sure. That's kind of how it works. But coming back to your question of uh, people recognizing they're un- get, are, are stuck in their careers, it comes through multiple factors where you know that there's something missing in your life and that's where it starts. And then uh, you start thinking about, okay, how can I change the situation? Hmm. Very cool. So one very short snippet of, I think, what you guys do is taking people who've had some measure of success in technology from just being productive in their field to having significance and impact. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement for, that's 75% of the persona of clients. But there's another 25% who have a lot of skill sets, but they just don't believe in themselves that they're capable of achieving success. They're their own obstacles. Mm -hmm. And uh, it reminds me of who I was when growing up. Growing up, just to give some uh, insights to your audience. So growing up, yeah, I wasn't an outspoken, great speaker kind of guy. I was actually the exact opposite. I was a shy, introverted kid uh, who didn't speak to anyone. Um, My dad was super smart. My brother is a genius. He has three masters and a PhD. And yeah. there I was the average kid who didn't, who didn't do well in anything. You name it, sports, dating, academics. I was average in everything. Yeah. And I constantly kept comparing myself with other overachievers around me. And every time I tried to do that, 
I ended up getting disappointed because I realized I could never live up to people's expectations. Mm. And this kind of continued throughout my childhood. And then at the age of 19, I had a trigger event where I came to a realization that, you know what? I've, all this while I've been letting other people's opinions be my reality. Yeah. And in the process, process of not disappointing other people, I was actually disappointing myself. And that's when I decided, you know what? Screw society. I know I matter. I'm good enough. I'm going to carve my own identity and I'm going to strive for greatness. And that's when the real transformation happened. Mm-hmm. And fast forwarding 20 years down the line, it, it was small, small, gradual steps, which has transformed me from a shy introverted kid earning a minimum salary into an international keynote speaker, TEDx speaker, writer, and tech career strategist. So I get what people are going through when they have limiting beliefs. And my, I have a good skill, I should say, in identifying those kind of people in my network mm-hmm. and then trying to help them out. And so that's the rest of the 25% sure, of the sure. people who are the underdogs Mm-hmm. And I love, I always root for the underdogs, even in sports. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. So uh, <laughs> I'm a, technically a Cleveland guy. So people who follow sports, they don't know what I'm talking about. But the point is, uh, yeah, I always root for the underdogs. 75% are uber successful, mid to senior yeah. level folks want to grow. And 25% are people who have limiting beliefs. And then I help motivate them and give them strategies mm-hmm. to have faster personal life and career transformations. Yeah, it's pretty interesting where you've kind of niched in two different niches, so to speak. You're kind of swinging the pendulum from both both ends. Um, talk to us about your personal development journey because that seems to be a very uh, foundational uh, thing that, that maybe has kind of led to what you're doing right now. What, what, was, what was that like? Um, what were some of the challenges, the pitfalls? How did you get over some of your limiting beliefs? Uh, so share with us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a great question. So when I had the trigger event uh, at the age of 19, when I came to that realization that I've been wasting the first 19 years of my life, the thing I actually did was I took a paper and pen and wrote down all the fears I had. I had fear of being judged. I had fear of public speaking. I had fear of being ignored. I had fear of failure. I wrote down all those fears. And and on, the, and on the side of each of those fears, at that point of time, I wrote whatever I thought I'm going to do to overcome those fears. Yeah. And the next 20 years has been small, small steps in overcoming those fears. And as part of the journey, I was able to overcome a lot of limiting beliefs, which I had. So for example, let's take uh, one example, right? So I had fear of public speaking until 2010. Yeah, I was a nervous wreck. And for example, when I was in my eighth grade, I had this crush on a girl. Okay. And it took me two months just to say hi to her. So I was that type of nervous wreck. Okay. And when I entered the tech space in uh, around the 2004, five timeframe, yeah, yeah I st- still communicating in large groups or even smaller groups for that matter was really nerve wracking for me. And this continued till 2010. And then in 2011, I got an email, an email saying, there's this huge tech conference happening in Seattle. You should come and attend it. I've got millions of 
emails like this before, but I usually, usually delete it. But this time around, it felt like the email was actually speaking to me because here I was a person who wants to conquer different fears, mm-hmm. but I've been putting, uh, I've, I've been delaying the whole speaking thing because I was afraid to do it. Sure, but sure. then I came to a realization, realization that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing justice to what I set out to do in life. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to this conference. And I swiped $3,000 off my credit card when I didn't have that much money because I came as an immigrant to the United States. And I still went to the conference. And at the conference, I saw a lot of good speakers talk, then a lot of bad speakers as well talk. And luckily for me, I went into some of the sessions given by bad speakers because that's when I had this epiphany. What better way to get rid of my fear of public speaking than actually becoming a speaker. (laughs) So that's when I had this eureka moment. And the next thing I did was I started networking with all the speakers, figured out how they come up with talks, how they write proposals, how do they speak, what do they do, what are their strategies, et cetera, et cetera. And then to cut a long story short, so I come back from the conference. And then in 2012, I started speaking in small, small meetup groups because it pushed me out of my comfort zone little by little. And then in 2013, after seven months and 23 trial runs, I gave my first conference talk and it was a huge hit. People started talking about, there's this funny Indian dude, really motivational, but also he's really techie guy. You should check him out. You should check him out. And the word started spreading. Fast forwarding to 2022, I spoke at 100 plus conferences, done 20 plus keynotes. I've done two TEDx talks. The reason I'm sharing this is for anyone watching or listening, it's about taking those small, small steps, which will push you out of your comfort zone. And that's how we slowly start to overcome your limiting beliefs. And I believe limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand and it's okay to have that because only when you have those things, it's like a fuel to the fire to make you do shit right? If you don't have fear, if you don't have imposter syndrome, then you don't have any fuel to do things. And of course, when you try something new, you are always going to have an imposter syndrome because you don't know that subject. But then once you master that, you'll feel comfortable, but then you'll figure out another thing you want to learn. And again, you'll have an imposter syndrome. So don't fight that feeling. It's good that you're having those things. So embrace it and slowly push yourself out of your comfort zone. You don't have to do anything drastic, but you have to take small, small steps strategically to push yourself out of your comfort zone, overcome your limiting beliefs and face your fears head on. And just to summarize that $3,000 I spent was the best ROI I've ever done in my life. If, if I hadn't done that in 2011, I would have never, never, ever been in this stage where I'm talking to you, been in so many podcasts and TV interviews. Yeah, it just takes effort, consistency, and strategy. Yeah, no, that's brilliant, man. Just such an incredible story. And uh, they throw out the name double threats, triple, you know, triple threats. Uh, so funny, motivational and techie at the same time that's, right. that's like a and then you throw in the indian background that's like a quadruple threat there right <laughs> i think that's kind of my niche as well i'm a yeah, tech career strategist your brand, right? yeah so i don't do i don't do business i didn't do sales i don't do marketing i literally do 
engineering stuff in tech. So whoever wants to get into engineering in tech, that is my niche. Mm. I'm not a life coach. I'm not just a career coach. I'm not a business coach, but I'm a tech career strategist because I provide strategies mainly for tech folks in yeah. engineering disciplines to grow in their career, right? So that's another thing as well. You need to find your niche as you already know, because you do this, you're an entrepreneur as well. You need to find what your niche is, but it takes time. Yes. One of the biggest problems uh, in our current generation is we don't believe in the power of delayed gratification. What I mean by that is, say for example, you go to the gym, within one week, you want a six pack. Within one week, you want to lose hundred pounds. Unless you get a surgery, you're not, that's not going to happen. And But we are, we are not realistic because we see all these social media influencers yeah. on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook, and then we want to become like them, but we don't know the backstory of how it took them 15 to 20 years to get to where they were today, yeah. right? And that's why when people ask me, how are you, you know, so articulate, inspirational, you know, you, you flow easily. I said, yeah, it took me 20 years to be an overnight success. And that's why I tell people. Yeah. So the moral of the story of what I'm trying to say is that you really need to do the work consistently, even if you don't see the results, yeah. because it's a journey which matters, not the destination. What do I mean by that is, say, for example, I put in so much hard work for over four or five years to give a TEDx talk. Then I gave the TEDx talk. It, it's done within 12 minutes. Yeah. And then after that, okay, you move on to the next one. That's how results are. But yeah. in the journey of four to five years to become a TEDx speaker, I learned so much stuff. So that's why I think your actions should, your actions, your self-worth should not be driven by the results, but by your actions. That's why I tell people. And always you need to keep that in mind. And that's when the real change and transformation actually happens as well. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said about limiting beliefs a little while ago. My my journey with that is limiting beliefs aren't things that uh, it's not like a book you get to read, you put up on the shelf, you go, yep, figured that out. I got it all covered. I think because of the way in which we're wired uh, like an onion, we keep peeling back layers and through new experiences, we get to uncover new limiting beliefs that we didn't know existed at a former stage in our life. So I'd be, you just shared the journey of how you overcame your fear of public speaking. When you go into business for yourself, that's another <laughs> huge area where limiting right. things can pop up. So I'd love for you to share what that journey was like transitioning from maybe being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur, what limiting beliefs you found that you were now dealing with and what you did to overcome those. Yeah, that's a great question. So just to take a step back. Mm -hmm. So if any of your viewers or listeners are Asian folks, they understand this because when you're born, you're pretty much given three options. You can either be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. And yeah, then I yeah. chose the engineering path and literally have been <laughs> a tech techie throughout my life, right? But yes, that is changing in our generation and the future generations. But that's how I got into tech. And one of the things I decided to do when I entered the tech space is I wanted to make people notice me. I wanted to establish credibility. I wanted to get all the fame I didn't get before. And I wanted to prove to people that, yes, I'm worth it. Mm -hmm. So for the first 12 to 13 years, that's what I constantly kept doing. Over, putting in a lot of hard work, pushing myself out of my comfort zone, and then trying to prove to people that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of being here, right? Yeah. And you better make, you better notice me kind of deal. So that was my mindset. 
that was really good in a way where I got star performer in six out of my seven companies. I exponentially increased my salary by 150% in 10 years. And then I had all this fame and credibility. But then came a point in 2014-ish where just going back to our previous conversation, you asked, how do, you, how do people get unstuck? What, what, did, they, what did they go through? Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing, which I had to go through where in 2014, I had all this stuff, but all of a sudden I was losing joy in what I was doing. It was like uh, Groundhog Day, where it's the same thing. You're doing it over and over again. You're earning really high, but then for what cause, what reason? Why are you even on this earth? What impact are you making? So I was going through all this, you know, these beliefs, I mean, these thoughts. And then in 2015, I thought, you know what? I need to figure out something in my life because I think there's more to just my nine to five job where I'm earning really well. I have all the fame and glory, but I know there's something missing. So what I did was I started a side hustle. So, and this is what I advise anyone who wants a side hustle to do. So there's a simple exercise called the mind dump exercise, okay? Literally just take a paper and pen, okay? And then through the middle of the paper, put a vertical line. And then on the left column, write down all the things you love to do and you want to do, okay? Or you want to continue doing. Then on the right column, write down all the things you hate to do and you don't want to do anymore. And do this for an hour in an uninterrupted manner. No Facebooking, no text messaging. Let your mind flow. Because this is the thing, folks. All the things you want to do in life is actually in your mind. You just have to unravel it one by one and make it visual on paper. And then you can start seeing patterns. So say, for example, in terms of the things you want to do or you love to do or you're good at, say you wrote things like, I'm, I'm a great communicator. I have good listening skills. I can convince people on different things. Then maybe getting into sales or marketing would be really good for you. This is just a random example, but you could start finding different patterns. So I highly encourage anyone who is figuring out what to do in life to do the mind up exercise. It sounds so simple, but trust me, it's super valuable. But anyways, coming back to my story. So that's what I did in 2015 and then figured out different careers options or things I could do as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And my top three were doing technical workshops that is teaching people how to code software, how to program software. Second one was uh, writing for different companies and magazines. And third one was probably doing some sort of coaching, but I don't know what that was. So I started with the training. I did that for nine months in 2015. And uh, I did get decent amount of money and stuff, but I still felt, you know, that I'm not getting joy. So then I pivoted, I went to my second option, which was writing for different companies and their blog posts, articles, eBooks. That was really good. But again, it was really time consuming. And also I felt that, you know, I'm not making an impact directly because as you can see, I'm a person who gets more energized when talking to people. That's when I came to my third option where coaching, but I don't want to be any coach. Like there's millions of coaches out there and so yeah a lot of people are good as well but the point is i wanted to find out what my niche is so after experimentation with three four months and i i remember things which people told me when i had my full-time job which is 
the, my direct report when I was leading team, they said, you have a knack for motivating people. You have this knack of uh, making complex things sound very simple and get clarity, give clarity on that. You have this knack of, you know, helping people advance in their career. So I kept rem remembering that. Then I said, you know what? I'm going to help people just in the tech space. And that's my jam. And I'm going to actually focus on that. And the rest is history. So I started as a side hustle in 2015. Then I pivoted mid-2017 into tech career coaching. And since then, I haven't looked back. So I've been doing that since mid-2017 till now. And that's my whole story of how I got into the entrepreneurial journey. But I know you asked about what, what were the limiting beliefs? Just mm -hmm. the thing. In my whole family, there was no entrepreneur. Okay. Mm -hmm. The definition of success is earn a lot of salary, money, then buy a house, buy a car, get married, have babies. And then, you know, your life goes on. That's the definition, at least from where I come from. Okay. And then here's a guy who comes in and then is thinking about starting something on his own. And I had no clue what to do because I had no support system. Mm -hmm. And I, then I thought whether I would be, would I be able to do this? Because you know, there's no one in my family who did it. Would I be successful? So all those thoughts were in my mind. But then I went back to my basics, which is that screw society and you have a gift. You There's a reason you're born on this earth, okay? Each person has a gift. And I think it's his or her responsibility to figure out what that is, right? So I said, you know what? I'm just going to try it out and then see what happens. And I didn't go both feet in. Mm -hmm. What I did was I started as a side hustle while holding a full-time job. And then I was saving some portion of the money from my full-time job for experimenting different things in my side hustle. Yeah. And then in 2017, I came to a point where I had so many clients and I had to make a decision whether to leave my full-time job and make my side hustle a full-time company or vice versa. And then I really wanted to impact people. And that's where gives me joy. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start my full time, make my side hustle my full time business and then go with it. So that's kind of the whole history of kind of how I got into this, because every day when I wake up in the morning, I know I've changed lives. I've helped immigrants who are about to be kicked out of the United States, get a job at Amazon, Microsoft. I've helped people negotiate their salary by 30% and provide for their family. When you think about how you have impacted people's lives like this every day in the morning you wake up with joy rather than not making any impact so that's fantastic i wonder um the, the question was going to be what your unique value proposition is but i want you to couch it differently i want you to speak to the core issues you know when when you think about somebody who's a, a engineer techie uh, in the industry that you serve and they're waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning in a bloody sweat because they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired of not feeling fulfilled uh, or they feel like they just don't measure up. Uh, I want you to speak to that individual, communicate to them how you understand uh, what they're dealing with and how you could be a resource to serve them. Yeah, it's a great question. So yeah, a lot of people are like that. And what happens is, they get used to the cushy, comfortable life from a, from a luxury, luxurious life in the money standpoint. Mm -hmm. But then it comes at a cost of their mental and physical health. 
And that's what people do not realize. In fact, research has found that 60% of the people in tech suffer burnout at some levels, but they just don't realize it. For example, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, they have buses, free buses, free lunches, which takes you different places. Even the bus has Wi-Fi so that you can work 12 to 14 hours. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that they're pretty much hens being fed and then, or chickens being fed, and then, you know, <laughs> you're going to get slaughtered. So yeah. that that's that's the boat we are, a lot of people are living in, right? Yeah. But in terms of how I talk to those kind of people and make them understand where they are at is, I just have a conversation as a friend saying, hey, what are you going through? That's it. That, that's the first question I ask. Then they'll say, say with your use case, the same person, he would say, I'm super successful. I have all this money, but then I feel there's something missing. And I wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, sweating. And then I hate going to work because my boss is an asshole or something of that sort, right? And then, okay, I hear you. Okay. So why do you, so what's, why, then why are you still at that particular job? I don't know because I don't know what to do next. I have this, all this money. I have a family. I need to support them. I'm afraid if I take the next step that I would lose that money and credibility, which I've established. Okay, now we are getting somewhere. Okay, what if while holding this full-time job, we work on a strategy, like a three-month or six-month plan to get you out of this rut? and get you the job you want, which will be, you'll get higher salary, which is always the case when you work with me because I can negotiate a higher salary. But more than that, you'll find something which you really like. Then they'll say, okay, let me try it out. And then we start with the mind dump exercise. Then we figure out different career options. Then for each of those career options, we pick the top three. And then we update the LinkedIn profile, we update the resume, then start figuring out, okay, how to build your brand based on those three career options. Then they try, those career options, see which one is the cup of tea. And in the end, they land a job or land a career which they really like. So that's usually the process, but it starts with the recognition. Yeah. Because this is the thing. A lot of people think about, okay, whether they can make a change or not, you know, but the action of doing something about it, that's what actually differentiates a lot of people. I work with people who are ready to make a change. That's why I always have an initial 30-minute call because I can identify whether a person is ready to make a change mm -hmm. or is they just want to bitch about their current situation, which is fine. I'm not saying that's wrong, but they are not ready to make a change. So that's how it starts, the mindset to make a change. And then the rest, I just take walk them through step-by-step. Step. Yeah. So think of me like the tech career ther therapist. So literally, that's what I actually do. Yeah. And uh, I try to figure out where we want to focus on sure. and then how I could work with you. You know, you said something early on. Thanks for that response. It's brilliant. You said something early on about when you talked about the 75% that makes up your client mix and then the 25% and then the 25% you said, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase that you can almost sniff them out in your network, in your yep. network. Is that happening because of a 30 minute call or are you finding things that they're sharing on LinkedIn that speaks to where they're at, where they're at in their heart, their mindset, and what they think about themselves, their career, their journey. It'd be interesting to kind of see how you're, you know, running that radar, so to speak, to kind of identify a good potential client. That's a great question. So it's a combination of different things, but a majority of them are people who will ping me saying, hey, I saw this video of yours. 
I feel really demotivated and I need help. They just really open because I'm I'm an open book. I, I don't just talk about my wins. I talk about a lot of shitty things that's happened in my life as well. I suffer through anxiety, depression, stress. I'm really open in the, in the public about it. So people, you know, trust me that they know that I'm human. Yeah. Although I'm performing at a really high level, but I still go through a lot of emotions. So they ping me saying, hey, I'm uh, feeling really stressed. There are some people ping me saying, you know, I don't know what to do in my life. I don't know why I'm living, you know, those kind of things as well. When they actually look at my videos and um, and I talk to them at conferences as well, they just approach me one-on-one and they talk to me. That is my main way of sniffing out people like this because they actually approach me. Yeah. A, a small portion of it, apart from this, this uh, method, method where I actually work with the underdogs per se is, uh, yeah, as you said, the social posts. So when I post videos and stuff, they'll, if someone puts a comment saying, man, I wish I could be as motivated as you. Okay, now that's a, you know, mm-hmm. that say something, then yeah. I'll ping, then I'll reply saying, you could be the change you want to be. I'll reply something like that. And then I leave it like that. But if the person really wants to make a change, he or she is going to then follow up on the thread or message me. Then mm-hmm. I know that, okay, that person is ready for a change. So those are the ways I actually know whom I want to work with because I'm really selective with whom I work with because this is the thing. There's this uh, saying, right? Uh, you, you can take the horse to a pond, but you cannot make it drink. Right. It's the exact same thing. I could give you all the amazing strategies you've ever heard, but if you're not ready to take that action, the next step, then it doesn't actually matter. So that is something you want to think about. No, that's awesome. I'm going to conclude with this question, and which is this. Um, you've experienced a lot of life experiences, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, unmotivated, you name it. I want you to think back. And then on the other side of that, you've accomplished a lot of things that people wish they could do. Be on a TEDx call, um, own your own business, uh, do a lot of things that you've done. So look back to that 18, maybe that 19 year old self, because that's when you had that epiphany. And not having, looking back at that 19 year old, if you could deliver some measure of advice that would set them on the course to, you know, do 10 X more than what they've done, uh, or just, you know, get them on the right footing. What would you share to that 19 year old version? I believe it'll be three things. One is you need to shift your mindset from a place of scarcity to abundance. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is that you have to recognize that having fear, imposter syndrome, and all those things are normal, but you have to embrace it, number one. Number two is freaking do the work. The point is, that's the problem. Everyone has this magnificent ideas of doing different things. They'll do it for one to two weeks, but then they stop. You need to do the work consistently. And that I realize is one of the key things to succeed. Because again, it's, it's about the journey, mm-hmm. not the results of the destination, right? And, and third is uh, try to focus on what you want to do in life. Because especially in the Asian community, it's a thing where your parents know what's good for you or your cousins know what's good for you. The society knows what's good for you. And then they just go with it. And then after 15, 20 years, they realize, oh my God, I wasted so much of my life. Yeah. Right? So do what you feel like doing. So just to summarize, it's about a mindset. 
It's about doing the work and being consistent. And third one is about doing what you feel like doing, but not what others feel that you have to do. I think those are the three key things. I would tell the old Raj saying, <laughs> you know, here's the blueprint, go with it. Yeah, mindset, consistency, and clarity, man. You can't go wrong with that. My mentor, John Maxwell, would say, never underestimate the compound interest, the compound return of consistency. And uh, that separates the JV from the varsities, the wheat from the chaff, you know, the wannabes versus those who are actually doing it. So brilliant, man. Raj, it's been awesome having you on the show. For those who've been listening, who've resonated with your story of adversity, triumph over adversity, being the underdog and doing the work to get to where you're at right now. And they feel like, man, I'd love to get more. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? So there are three quick ways to actually connect with me. One is I live on LinkedIn. So literally just follow me and ping me there because I post content six days a week and nice. various different topics, which we just talked about. So it's definitely going to be impactful. Make sure you follow me and connect with me there. Second thing is go to my website, rajsubra.com, which is R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com. You'll You'll find all my life's work, my content writing, the way I help people do my one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching. You'll find all details there and way to contact me through my website as well. And finally, if you go to skyrocketyourcareerbook.com, which is the name of my book, Skyrocketed Career, there you're going to find a lot of free resources. For example, we talked about the mind dump exercise. Mm -hmm. You can download the mind dump exercise template from my Skyrocket Your Career book com website and then you can start doing that because i tell you instructions on how you could do it and apart from that you have a lot of free resources and you can download the first chapter of my book for free as well so those are the three best ways to actually contact me so whichever works for you fantastic man raj thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure having you on the show appreciate it thanks for having me it's been a pleasure Awesome. So folks, hope you've gotten a ton of value. Uh, Raj has dropped a lot of nuggets around mindset, personal development, and going above and beyond what you could ask, think, or imagine is possible for you. Uh, so I hope you took some notes. Hope you got a lot of value. Until next time, take care. And God bless. Welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, 
as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. 